You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Locked On Cardinals fans, as well as Locked On Rockies fans? It's a little bit of a crossover today. Paul Holden of Locked On Rockies joins me. I'm Lucas Smith of Locked On Cardinals. Paul, how you doing on this fine day? I'm doing good. One day closer to to, to opening day. It's going to be an exciting, exciting year of baseball. Absolutely. Do the Rockies open on April 7th or do they open a day later? I believe they're the 8th. I believe they open up April 8th against the Dodgers. I believe that is the first matchup classic, but it's at Coors Field, which is cool. I think the Rockies have they've started opening up at home. It seems a little bit more lately, which was cool because growing up, I almost always remember the Rockies starting on the road. Yeah, I, I remember for the last couple of years, the Cardinals always opening up on the road as well. Uh, but it's so bizarre because you, you think of Bush Stadium, or at least I think of Bush Stadium, and you think of the pageantry on opening day. You know, one of the best opening days in baseball. You've got the Clydesdales, the Red Jackets, and everything of that nature. And yet they always open up the season on the road. So maybe it, the season being delayed by a couple of weeks it actually ended up being a blessing in disguise for the St. Louis Cardinals and the fact that they get to open up at home. But this off season, this off season was tumultuous for a number of reasons for a number of different teams. The Rockies are no stranger to that. They, they lost a franchise towards up, which we'll get into. They gained a franchise third baseman. It seems which we'll get left into. Left fielder, field. That's a good point. Left fielder. Bud Black did say he would be left fielder. So I guess I'll just start kind of general. Your take on the lockout situation, how that ended, and what the Rockies have done since then. I think the funniest thing from the lockout is that all the stuff that happens with the Rockies this past couple of years, and there's a labor disagreement between players, and who do they send out to go head up negotiations? None other than Dick Momfort. I wish. send. Uh, you know what the negotiation should have been? Send Dick and send Nolan and just have them figure it out. That would have been really fun. That could have been hilarious. I, I At the end of the day, I'm glad the lockout ended, but here's the deal. I, I hope folks take away the fact that the owners control way more of the narrative than you think. Oh, we're going to cancel all these games. We're going to do all this. Oh, turn, turn, turns out we don't have to do that. Huh? Interesting. Kind of, kind of weird. Cause you're really stern about that whole thing. You know, that that's my kind of big takeaway. I'm glad baseball's back. I'm glad that the, I'm, I'm very pro player, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I, I, and I know I don't have as good a deep of knowledge as, as, as others to go into, but that's the kind of my, my quick takeaways. And as for the Rocky specific, honestly, you, you know, losing Trevor story and John Gray's tough. Uh, it's at least something we kind of prepped ourselves for, but at least the Rockies didn't lose Trevor story and John Gray and then do nothing. This is, Probably the most active offseason the Rockies have had in what feels like forever, honestly. I mean, this is the the most easily the most money that's been spent in an offseason for a while. Is it all, you know, for moves that people that immediately makes the Rockies contenders and going to take down the Dodgers? No, but I certainly uh, don't think the Rockies are in as bad of a, sh- a spot as, as people think. And honestly, they've made moves that make sense. It, it's just there's still things and there's still a a lot of what ifs to figure out but but you can't sit here as a rocky you can be disappointed as a rockies fan still and i i I think that's completely understandable but you know you kind of just get to that point where and this is going to be a bad pun but the story is closed on that team that you know no one is that competitive team that was one game away from winning the nl west and took down the cubs 
unfortunately, that era of Rockies baseball is over. It's done. Charlie Blackman is really the only one left from that team. Ryan McMahon was on the roster, but still was getting his first his first shakes of things. And, and uh, you know, so so but. Now the Rockies are saying, here is the Chris Bryant-led era with these other veterans that are going to you know, fill in the spots and, and perform and, and fill some time until hopefully this next wave of gener- – because uh, the Rockies do have some really interesting prospects that are still three to four years out, but that will probably be what the Rockies are hoping for. And uh, they sh- they'll, they'll be more competitive than people think. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm pro Chris Bryant move, um, especially when you, you feel a little bit better about it, knowing that the Rockies reached out to Trevor Story after mm-hmm. the Bryant. I think that's how the timeline went. I'm not completely sure. But the Rockies did reach out to Trevor Story, again, offering more money than the Red Sox. And, and Trevor Story just decided to move on. You, you feel better about that, knowing that the Rockies at least – we're willing to pony up that money, and you knew the relationship was over. But I, 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 I appreciate that fact. Uh, I'm honestly most concerned about losing John Gray. I think that's really going right. to be the a bigger impact on this team than losing Trevor Story. I know that sounds crazy to say, but but I, I, I really think that that's going to be an issue for the Rockies this season. Yeah, that is an interesting take. Definitely not one that I expected in terms of the John Gray and, and the Cardinals off season. You know, they were definitely the busiest pre. Uh, pre-lockout, they, they signed the Steven Match to the four-year deal. They re-signed TJ McFarlane. They re-signed Yadier Molina. Re-signed Adam Wainwright. Uh, swan song for these guys as they begin to embark on their last year together. Or at least so they say. You never know what with those two. <laughs> they end up I feel like it's been the swan song year. for so many of these Cardinals players for like five years. <laughs> right? Yeah. The, the, old car, the, the old era, the new era kind of meshed together as these, as these veterans kind of find their way out of baseball and into their next chapter of their lives, which for Adam Wainwright could very well be broadcasting. Just a little sidebar there. But then the lockout... Yeah, it was it was just tumultuous. You know, you had the forty something days of no negotiations, and then you had the two fifteen plus hour negotiations. You know, back to back weeks that resulted in little to no movement, and then all of a sudden, it seemed like to me, anyways, after the those two weeks of negotiations in Florida, and then again, I believe in New York or Pittsburgh somewhere, then all of a sudden, it just felt like there was a deal. Oh, we got it. We're done. <laughs> we agreed yeah. on the international draft, and here we go. You know. So it was one of those things that kind of sprang together rather quickly in my mind from the sense of, you know, after those two long negotiation sessions, you didn't feel like there was a sense of a deal. And then all of a sudden there was, you know, and then post lockout, the Cardinals actually made the first move post lockout <laughs> as they signed a Drew Verhagen, right. big time name, big time right. splash. I know. I'm glad you were sitting down for that news. <laughs> but nevertheless, they, they've been somewhat busy in adding depth pieces. You know, they didn't get, they didn't go out and get a Chris Bryant. They obviously d- didn't go out and get Trevor Story. They got Drew Verhagen, Nick Whitgren, uh, Zach McAllister with a minor league or major league invite, Corey Dickerson, former uh, Marlin and Ray, I believe Pirate as well, but definitely Marlin and Ray, uh, make, making these little moves that could likely make the team better. And the spring training so far has been pretty positive for St. Louis, at least at, at the time of this recording. You know, they've had some success. You saw some some good things from Verhagen, from Whitgren. You see, you've seen some good things from your old friend, Nolan Arenado, who I think the Rockets are probably still paying somehow. Yeah, yeah. No, they're paying, I believe, uh, this year and next year, they're still paying money for. Yeah, so that's got to feel good as a, as a Rockies fan. But, but non- nonetheless... I, I really thought the Cardinals were going to make a splash move, and who knows by the time this is released, maybe they have been making a splash move. I thought they'd go get a story. I thought I still think that they c- could go get a Sean Manaya, a Frankie Matas, a starter, because with the injuries they have in their rotation as well as in the bullpen, you know the depth moves of Whitgren and of Verhagen have proven to be pretty good. 
but you're still you know, feeling a little weak in the starting rotation. You mentioned losing John Gray, and now that hurts a little bit more. What's the rotation look like for the Rockies this year then? So it's, you know, the Rockies still have some strong, strong arms. It's just John Gray really was a nice piece right in the middle there. That's you know, he's going to take the mound in the middle of a series and you're going to have confidence in. But you're going to feel good going Marquez, Senzatella, Gomber, Freeland. But then after that, it's kind of do you turn to young guys? They they, they just went out and got uh, cool there, I think is his name yep. from Pittsburgh, who's going to probably, you know, I would imagine is going to be going for that spot. The Rockies went with that veteran fifth fifth arm in the rotation last year when, with Chichi Gonzalez, and it just didn't work. I, I you know, I, John Gray was just good enough and and good at Coors Field, where you just I, I felt very confident in that five man rotation when healthy. Where it's just I think every Rockies pitcher is giving you a chance to win. Got to see a full season from Gomber again. You know, you mentioned uh, the, the the trade again. He what didn't finish. He had some some uh, games where he walked a ton of people and then he got hurt but he also had some games where his his stuff was lights out electric where his he really had great movement on all his pitches so hopefully uh, you know we got to get a full season from 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 Austin Gomber this year uh as uh uh, as the Rockies really, I think, are going to lean on him. This is a year for him to really step up and 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 fill in. I, I know one pitcher can't be two pitchers, but it's just make, maintaining that the Rockies are going to be strong with those four guys, and that you know Kyle Freeland's also in that same conversation as Austin Gomber. That when you get to that fifth arm, whether it be a couple of your young guys, your Ryan Rollisons, your Peter Lamberts, or uh, uh, Cole, if you're going to go that way. If they struggle or if they're not as good, you're you're still putting yourself in a position to get better. It's just I John losing John Gray just with the way the Rockies were operating with bringing back pieces that they liked. Their Senzatella and Crone, um, you know, and and in 2019 bringing back uh, Elias uh, uh, Elias Diaz and Herman Marquez, uh, giving them extensions. It just seemed kind of like what's go, what's the hap- why why the mix up with John Gray? What what happened? Mm-hmm. And it just turns out he didn't. Texas offered more money, and it's just I I don't know how I don't know how Colorado can't match that exact deal that Texas takes. I think if they do, John Gray is still a Rocky. But uh, you know, and, and I'm not, and people might be kind of shocked that I'm I'm holding John Gray in such high regard. It's just John Gray's just a solid pitcher that's good in Colorado, and and, right. and just it wasn't it was a player you didn't need to lo- you weren't really thinking you were gonna lose because again, why was try if if John Gray if you're not gonna match this offer for for the rangers why are you not moving why are you not moving john gray at the deadline how many how many teams and, and i'm in st louis i believe was on that list would have happily traded mm-hmm. for a john yeah. gray and and st louis especially i'm sure would have traded for the story john gray combo deal so yeah. you know at the end of the day what you're getting back for losing john gray and trevor story is just the one draft pick and i i just think that's that's not enough and um, and, and it's just a, it's just a, a thing. I think that'll be a bigger thorn in the side. It's 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 not as easy to replace a, a solid starting pitcher. You know, again, not a Cy Young, not an all star, but just someone that when he takes the bump, you're confident in when his stuff is on, he's going to be a solid three, four, five arm in, in your rotation. Um, that's just going to that, that knows how to pitch at altitude. So. Uh, we'll, we'll see about Cole and the, and the replacements and the young guys. But, um, you know, th- the production from Trevor's story, why I say John Gray's a bigger deal, is is you're hoping Chris Bryant fills the offensive production of Trevor's story. That is right. hopefully your goal. And then you just need Jose Iglesias to not be the worst offensive shortstop in baseball this season and uh, you know, and, and get better there and just not be a liability on defense mm-hmm. while you're basically filling time for uh uh for uh Tovar in uh coming up here in the system. So it's it's just a matter of 
those are there's there's you got your Bryant to fill that you got a veteran shortstop that hopefully in a place that has had a long history of great infield defense. So hopefully he comes to Colorado and learns from the people around him, gets a good relationship with Brendan Rodgers up the gut because they had some issues. But it was the first spring training game they played together and they buffed. A, Kyle Freeland was going up against the starting Angels and got a tailor-made double play ball right to Jose Iglesias, who just did bad feed to Brendan Rodgers or vice versa. I can't remember. So clearly the communication needs to be worked on there, but they're new. They've never played together. So. That mm-hmm. that production from Trevor Story is going to get replicated through multiple players. Getting John Gray, you're just hoping another pitcher can be John Gray when you could have gotten John Gray for for not a bad price. I want to tell you guys a little bit more about our title sponsor, and that is Bet Online because it is that time of year. College basketball tournament is in full swing final four coming up this weekend bet online has you covered it's your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info for all the latest odds contests and players props you name it bet online remains the best spot for all of your latest sports developments including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues of this season and it's not just basketball bet online is your continued source for all of your sport wagering information needs including live betting and your favorite vegas casino games head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action, bet online. It's where the game starts. Yeah, and you even mentioned the fact that you know you have somebody that can pitch at altitude. You know, it's not just the fact that he's a good pitcher, but he's pitched there for for years and he knows how to pitch there. So that that is a big loss. We talked about Story a little bit. Let, let's go ahead and talk about it because this is somebody that we talked about in in the off season. You know, is Story a good fit in St. Louis? Um, I think that was one of my most popular episodes of the off season, both on YouTube and otherwise. So, uh, you know, my side of things, and at the end of the day, he goes to Boston. I think he's going to play second base there, or Bogart's going to shift over to yep. second, one of the two. And it's going to be one of the best infields in all of baseball. I'll tell you that yep. right now. If he if he comes to St. Louis, is it the best infield in all of baseball? Probably not as big as as Boston or somewhere else, or especially Los Angeles. But Los Angeles, Los Angeles has the best anything in all of baseball, to be honest with you. Um, Woo! But nevertheless, Story does go to Boston. And I think once the Cardinal fans, or Cardinal Twitter anyways, once they saw the price tag, on Trevor's story, they were like, all right, that's fine. You you go be in Boston. We don't, you know, the Cardinals were never going to pay that much. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, now, I'm not saying tr- story got overpaid. There's an argument to that. But I'm not saying that, but there is, an, there is a clear argument to say the Cardinals did the right thing and not paying him that contract from the Cardinals perspective. And the reason I say that is because they have money tied up elsewhere. They, they've said for a long time that Paul DeYoung is going to be their starting shortstop. The reason I took that with a grain of salt is because they also said that about Matt Carpenter about th- three days before the Nolan Arenado trade. So mm-hmm. nevertheless, I do think that it, it it's a bit of a miss from the Cardinals standpoint, but not so much of a miss as to say, okay, this season's over, the, the offense is going to struggle, et cetera, et cetera. I think Paul DeYoung has looked good this spring, hitting the ball hard. You have a an average replacement in Edmundo Sosa. If needed, you can move Tommy Edmond over to short and call up your top prospect in Nolan Gorman or one of your top prospects. He's not the top prospect. So you have options outside of Trevor Story. I think what it came down to, besides the money, for just lineup fit, the Cardinals did not need another right-handed bat. The only right-handed bat I see them signing is Albert Pujols, and that is only in a platoon D8 situation. But Albert's also been linked to Colorado, as I think Seattle as well, too. So you have 
that's the only scenario, in my opinion, where the Cardinals do acquire a right-handed bat at the major league level. But Trevor Story going to Boston seems like he got paid there. I know that there were some vaccination issues at, at the start of it or something of like that. We won't want to get don't want to get into that. I just you know that that was a thing. Well, it's just the interesting thing to note is that, that we were told last year the Rockies were 100 percent vaccinated. I'm just just throwing it out there. Yeah. Um, so. so I that that's the a wrinkle in there. That story. Yeah. I, again, I'm going to let the beat reporters and all them handle that, and we'll talk about it as it goes on. But but the the wrinkle in that is the fact that we were told that the Rockies were a hundred one of the first teams to be a hundred percent vaccinated. I believe as well. Always something to report on, it seems like. But nevertheless, <laughs> <laughs> Trevor Story, I think he's going to do well in Boston. Seeing him with that monster is going to be fun. Um, I think from, from your perspective, I don't, don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's a good thing he's out of not only out of the division, but out of the league. So you don't have to see him every day. Maybe that's painful for you. I don't know. What were your thoughts on the Story to Boston situation? My entire family's from Boston, so I will. Oh. <laughs> so I will not be escaping. No uh, escape, Paul. No <laughs> in Boston stuff. Um, you know it's it's it sucks. At the end of the day, it's right. I I really liked that Rockies team. It was my 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 favorite Rockies team. I grew up and I was really young with the with the Blake Street Bombers and stuff. And 2007 was a really cool ragtag team. But but that team was the first time in my life that I said this Rockies team can go up against anyone and and take them and, and take them down in a seven game series like if you give them a seven game series this Rockies team if they perform at the level that they can can, can beat the best but now now I honestly got to say like I'm, I'm happy he's going to a place where I think he's going to thrive I I never thought changing positions was a good idea for him however second base makes the most sense go for that let him rest that arm a little bit more he's going to be electric on defense uh, he's going to be really really good there because I think he's been underrated as a defender and um yeah you know I'm, I'm sure Nolan really was pushing for it as hard as he could but if, if the Cardinals weren't willing to pay that money Trevor Story wanted to get paid above all because right. he did, I think he believes he's been slept on a little bit and I think he really does I think part of the reason why he wants to leave Colorado is because there's so much of of Colorado embrace you know he was either going to fully embrace it him and Nolan they're going to take all take it all down and they were going to be the Rockies guys and then when it didn't now he gets to go and show a major market what he can do and I mean I can't say that I don't think he's going to mash in the AL East. I think he's going to be. I think the Red Sox made a great move. I think they. I think Trevor Story is going to be a, a great impact on the team. You know, I'm. I'm even in the same. You know, you can say this about the Chris Bryant deal. Sometimes when you get five plus year deals, it makes me a little hesitant on, on some stuff just when it gets to to age. But mm -hmm. Trevor Story is a special player, man. I, I. I really, really. I mean, and same with Nolan Arenado and like why he deserves his contract when he got it. And just like these other special players, I, I think that um, he took a lot of time. I mean, I, 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 I was quite, quite surprised how long it took Trevor Story to, to sign this off season. I was kind of, especially pre lockout and, um, uh, with everything, I was like, "Is the market cold on Trevor?" St I, I just couldn't believe this. Like, I, I really couldn't believe that people were going to sit there and be that worried about a guy that just had one sort of a down year and, and caught up in the course field effect when the dudes hit 500 foot home runs and has you know was the Rockies lead even in a down year was the Rockies leader in WAR last year. Um, yeah. It was still the Rockies' best player. In a, t in, in a team that actually uh, that outperformed expectations last year and 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 being injured in the process. So, um, you know, it sucks. But I, I, I got to say, 
I am very happy he's not in St. Louis, and I'm very happy he's not in San Francisco. If it was in the division, that would have been way worse. And honestly, St. Louis, they would have been if they ever won a World Series ring. I hope Breidich gets one that he can. They they'll send him one if St. Louis if if Trevor Story went to St. Louis and uh, him and Nolan won a ring there. I I hope Breidich would would get a ring from them as well, and that would just <laughs> burn me burn me deep. But now I just get to deal with my relatives being like. Oh, hey, the story guy's pretty good. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I've seen him play once or twice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll talk, let's talk about Chris Bryant real quick, as well as Ryan McMahon. We'll finish up talking about a former Cardinal. And I believe you also have a joke. Did you want to share that now or do you want to share that later? That was my joke was Bridich getting the ring. That was that. Was the the ring. that, that That's was, good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I mean, because I mean, that was literally that I, I honestly would say Trevor Story going to St. Louis would have been worse i i i I, (laughs) just because it's like watching those two share a team that isn't my team right after watching them share the team for so long like that would be worse i honestly worse than than uh san francisco but the worst would have been somehow ending up on the dodgers and and (laughs) oh gosh i don't know if the dodgers can pay anybody more but you know they oh, can't they'll, they'll find <laughs> they'll find more money <laughs> the, the, the surprise move of the offseason in my opinion before the carlos correa signing to the, to the twins yeah. was was chris bryant to the rockies because w- w- with letting trevor story walk with letting john gray walk it didn't seem like the rockies were going to try and win this year especially when you look at the monster that is the the nl west the Diamondbacks could be sneaky competitive, and now the Rockies can too. But you've got the Giants, the Padres, and the Dodgers all with World Series aspirations, especially the Dodgers. And I think this is one of those years where you can say World Series or bust for Los Angeles. Uh, you have to say World Series or bust if right. you're Los Angeles. You're right. So you you have all that going on in the West. You didn't, you know, the Rockies weren't going to spend money on those two, and yet they spend what was it, 170 million dollars on Chris Bryant, and then 70 more on McMahon. So I want to get your thoughts on Bryant first. You mentioned that you like him. You mentioned Bud Black saying he's going to play left field. You know, Chris Bryant moving from third base never made sense to me. Just watching him play third base, you know, in the division, he was so good there. I don't know why they felt the need to move him around at the first place in Chicago, but he is somebody that has thrived. In that role, I'm not going to deny that he plays all the other positions extremely well. What do you see, Chris? What do you see as a successful tenure for Chris Bryant in Rocky uniform? Uh, play. Uh, he's he's here for the contract. You know, <laughs> let's let's be let's let's start there. I mean, he's here for an extended period of time on that contract. I, I'm not saying the full seven years. I would say if you get five years and you figure out a trade, if it works out down the line, that's that's something. But. I want Chris Bryant to lead this team offensively. I don't want he doesn't need to be an all star on defense, but I want Chris Bryant to come up to the bat. And it's for me to feel like it did when Nolan and Trevor Story did is to come up and know that Chris Bryant is getting put the Rockies in the position to score runs. I want him to play a good left field and not be a liability on defense. And I want him to be the MVP. That's what that's what I'm hoping for. I mean, yes, it's a confusing move for the Rockies. But as I mentioned, Bill Schmidt. This was Bill Schmidt saying, this is the new face of Rockies baseball. Mm-hmm. Why that, you know, they knew that Trevor Story wasn't going to come back. They tried again, even after getting Chris Bryant to see if he wanted to come back. But now, as we as I've learned, Bill Schmidt apparently didn't have as much power as I thought he did last year after being in, uh, upgraded to interim GM. I kind of thought it was the Rockies just 
tagging the interim on there just to buy them time until the end of the season where they where they ripped it off and made him the GM because they were going to do their search or whatever, but mm-hmm. they had their guy. It turns out that Dick Monfort was much more involved in baseball operations last year, including the trade deadline. So it wasn't Bill Schmidt at the deadline. It was a, a deadline committee that was working to figure things out. So I think that impacts those deals, why all that stuff wasn't getting done. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So this is Bill Schmidt going out and saying this is the guy that is going to lead the Colorado Rockies to the future, and this is and they he is an MVP. He's a mm-hmm. World Series champion. He hits the ball hard. He you know he is a he is going to bring offensive pop to this lineup. The Rockies clearly don't you know they they don't ever want to embrace the rebuild thing because they wouldn't sign a Chris Bryant. You wouldn't spend that money. You would embrace no. this low performing offense in this team without that without Chris Bryant would have been one of the worst offenses in baseball, potentially the, I mean, even playing at Coors Field, they would be, mm-hmm. and because we've already seen that, but now with, and then extending Ryan McMahon, making all, at least being very active in the free agent market, bringing in multiple free agents the Rockies haven't seen multiple major league free agent signings. I don't, I can't even remember, like I said, <laughs> so this is just the, is it going to pan out? Are the Rockies competing with the Dodgers this year? No. If no. everything goes well and, uh, you know, with the extended playoffs and the way the Rockies played against the Padres last year and Tatis being out to start the season and the Rockies really being good against a bunch of other divisions in baseball, including the one where the World Series, the, the Rockies crushed the NL East last year, and, no. uh, you know, except for the Marlins. One reason the Rockies always struggle against the Marlins is <laughs> so weird. But, you know, and I, t- I talked to Sully about this on Locked on MLB, the Rockies could make their way to a wild a wild card the second wild card the or the third wild the seventh wild card whatever <laughs> wild card we're on could the rockies end up there this year yes they could do i think that's the most likely situation no i i have the rockies in the 73 to 75 to 70 you know that kind of mid 70s win range and that's sure. fine then that's it because that's that's better than they were before signing Chris Bryant because when before Chris Bryant our friends at our friends at Bet Online said the Rockies win total uh, line at uh, sixty eight and a half yeah. might have might have been more attempted to take the the under there however right. now I think it's a slam dunk take the over I think the Rockies are much better than a sixty eight and a half win team especially when you have team I know the Rockies have the, the this tough division but the Rockies play really well outside their division and. The Rockies were the reason the Padres didn't make the playoffs last year. The, the Padres had multiple opportunities to pull ahead in the division and, and and played a lot of meaningful games against Colorado in the second half of the season last year, and the Rockies dominated the Padres. It was a big reason why they, they did not make it into October. So I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I don't want everyone sitting here making me think that I'm saying the Rockies are World Series contenders or anything right now. <laughs> I'm just saying that they're, they're a lot better than people think, and right. – the Chris Bryant move is shocking, but it's it's to signal this is the next era. Ryan McMahon is a gold glove caliber shortstop who has shown really great flashes of offense. If he can get offensive consistency, him and Chris Bryant are going to be a really good pair. And I think Brendan Rodgers on the way up as well. If he develops the way we're hoping, mixed with uh, you know continued solid performances from CJ Crone and Elias Diaz, this team is knocking the, the 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 crud off the Diamondbacks. I was talking to Millard. I don't want to hear that the Diamondbacks were terrible last year. Worse <laughs> than the Rockies. There was few teams worse than the Rockies, especially 
especially on the road last year, and the Diamondbacks were one of them. And the Diamondbacks have made very few moves. The Rockies have actually been aggressive. And yes, they're losing Trevor Story, but but Chris Bryant was one of the top free agents this offseason. Any team yeah. want that that you know could have gotten Chris Bryant. I mean, he and and he chose to go to the Rockies. I don't buy into his. Uh, you know, him and uh, Dick Momfort's whole press conference of the winning thing. And we're going to, you know, that there was a lot of, it was just a lot of, uh, you know, classic big signing type stuff. Yeah. I'm going right. to hope we can bring the championship. We're going to do this. And it's like, we'll get there. But the Chris Bryant, Chris Bryant makes the Rockies better. And I can't sit here and say, I, I don't like that. It's a lot of money, but um, you got to pay those big players a lot of money. Yeah. And again, I, I'm, I, I am at least encouraged by the fact that the Rockies went back to Trevor story and, and did one last pitch. It was well. It was long gone, but hey, they they at least went out there and said, "Hey, the door's still open. We understand." And I, that makes that makes me feel a little bit better about losing Trevor's story. I'm just more mad that they didn't trade him. <laughs> that, yeah, that's, that's the it, they not, get any prospects for him. Yeah, I mean now it's it, it's it's one prospect versus you could have gotten three prospects for Gray and Story. Just mm-hmm. and and that's just better. That's a better deal. And now yeah. now it's just. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I really, I really think it's. Uh, I, I, it makes me more excited for Rockies baseball. The the fact that they signed Chris Bryant is it going to pan out? Does it immediately make Rockies contenders? No, but it makes me a lot more excited for the Rockies, and I'm glad that the Rockies do have a bona fide superstar. Still, they have Charlie Blackman, but I mean, they're going to keep playing him in right field to start the season, which I don't know why. I thought the DH was going to be a blessing, but maybe we'll. I, I think we'll see Blackman slip down there later. It's just so yeah. I. It, it, it confuses a lot of people, confused me at first, but it, it was, I think once I really sat down and it was just the ultimate decision of, hey, Ryan McMahon and Chris Bryant are going to be the next pair that, you know, they yeah. might not be sharing the infield or whatever, but this mixed with that pitching staff, we really, really love that starting rotation. That is going to be what we're going to do as Rockies. And then, you know, they're, they're making moves to say, our other bats are going to be people that are going to hit in the air, trading Rymel Tapia for someone that's, you know, basically just hits the ball in the air and hits home runs. I mean, yeah. I don't know, in an already crowded outfield. So uh, they clearly are doing something differently this year. And, and I think the moves the Rockies have made, I, I and a, a lot of you'll see around Rockies Twitter as well. Like a lot of people are are satisfied with this Rockies offseason. The sting, the sting of Gray and Story is still there, but it is negated by an active offseason with with actual signings that make sense yeah you mentioned the the move that i kind of want to end up end up with we're running a little bit short on time but you, the card the rockies did acquire former cardinal randall grichick and like you mentioned already crowded outfield the dh probably helps with that for rymel tapia i'm excited to see grichick in course field so real quick your thoughts on grichick i i'm honestly i was hoping you could tell me i know very yeah. little i know a lot of you know Tapia fan favorite, just that 60. I like Rymel Tapia, and I think him going to Toronto is actually a great move for him as an, in a career. I think that is mm-hmm. going to be a place that they can work with that swing. Oh, they're going to be him so good too. And get him, and now he can go and basically, I mean, not only I'm sure the hitting coaches, but that lineup as well. Um, so I, I don't know. You're just quick thoughts because I yeah. think the Toronto is getting a speedy, fun player that would, that's a fourth outfielder. I mean, that's really what, what Tapia is, but he is a ton of fun to play. And every time he's on the field, it's really, really exciting. Yeah, Gritzik is somebody for, for the Cardinals that just never really panned out. He was never never able to find that consistency. But boy, oh boy, does he have power! You know, he may not look like it, like like a Tyler O'Neill does, that who's just absolutely jack and things of that nature. But Gritzik has just tremendous bat speed. And when he gets the barrel to the ball, it goes a long way, and it gets there very fast. And he's always been a good defender as well. 
Remember, there was one game against Houston a couple of years ago that he, he he robbed two home runs and hit one himself. So uh, he's very close to a five tool player when he's at his best, like at very best. But I think day to day, you're going to see some bombs and you're going to see some speed on the bases as well. Uh, I really like that move from a Rockies perspective. I didn't get it from a Blue Jays perspective just because you have a stacked lineup and a really good team. Why trade away Randall Gritchick? Um, but you know, like you said, they're getting top who's an exciting player. But I think Gritchick is going to thrive in Colorado. I know that it's an old adage. You, might, you guys might get tired of hearing it. But that mile high city and the, the altitude is going to increase his power. And I think it's going to be a great fit there in Colorado, and I'm excited to see him as well. And I, I, I like the Rockies uniforms too. So I think anybody looks good in, in a Rocky uniform. So it's uh, all Paul, purple, man. They look great. Got, got to love the purple. So, Paul, this has been a lot of fun. Um, you can see your, your Twitter handle right down there if you're watching on YouTube. Tell my listeners where that where else they can find your work and where they can find Locked on Rockies. We are at Paul Holden 33. You can find a ton of my stuff at paulfholden.com. You can also find us on Twitter at LO Rockies. And we just hit the 100 subscriber mark on the Locked on Rockies YouTube channel. So shout out to all the Rockies fans. But uh, all you Nolan Arenado fans that want to come over and uh, stay up to date with his former team. And now we can now we can have the Bryant Arenado debate, except they're not going to play the same field. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What about for you? Absolutely. My Twitter right down there on YouTube at LJ Fastball. You can follow the show on Twitter or Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals and Locked on Cardinals on YouTube as well and wherever you get your podcast. Paul, this is always a pleasure talking to you once again. Appreciate it. And until we talk to you guys the next time here on the Locked on Podcast Network, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.